Janet and Ned Beindorf appeared to have the perfect marriage. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! But they decided to celebrate their anniversary. Daddy and I have something we need to talk to you about. By getting a divorce. Are you two having affairs? No. no. So their kids decided to have a celebration of their own. How? What about this? <laughs> By locking them in the basement. Start solving your problems. In fact, it was such a good idea. Hang on, Dad. All their friends wanted to get in on the act as well. And now, all their parents are under house arrest. Is this a PTA meeting? Because love... Parker, who are these people? ...takes time. Don't hover over me! You made me drop the Adam's apple! Quality time. And some love keeps better under lock and key. There's always champagne. Love will keep us together. Think of me, babe, whatever. House arrest. There's more than one way to keep a marriage together. Oh no, you done fucked up. Capping Down, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks, joining me this week and every week. He sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much. I experimented. I, I made a shandy. Oh. But get this. Allagash White. Okay. And Fresca. Fresca? I haven't had a fresca in oh my god, a long time. How'd it turn out? Delicious. Okay. And because uh, I was going to use squirt, uh, well, squirt and fresca know, are pretty similar. I feel like. Do you do you know how much sugar uh, a can of squirt has in it? All of it. Uh, it's uh, 40, 41 grams of sugar. It's a lot. That's that's a lot of sugar. I said, is it worth a squirt? For that. Oh, no, it's, it's too and, bad that we uh were too early for the pull quote, man. And uh, yeah, so I picked up some fresco. I'm like, I remember this being delightful. It was LBJ's favorite. He oh. had a soft drink machine in the Oval Office, just fresco whenever like he wanted that. it, ice cold and uh, delightful. So if you ever need a, a low calorie, well, obviously, Ali, Ali is white. Ain't, ain't zero calories, I can right. tell you that, but uh. Some a little, little more refreshing, a little, little more bubbles. It's good. You know, I'm gonna toss one out there for you because I don't know if this was a nationwide brand or if this was specifically just for where we lived. I was a big fan of Canfield's Fifty Fifty as a kid. Fifty mm. Fifty was my that I liked that one better than Squirt or Fresco. But Canfields. I don't know. Yeah, Canfields. Did you get that at Butera or something? That's a, I think that's we probably got it at, at Jewel. <laughs> I assume we got it. Well, it might have been Dominic's. Canfields. Okay. Yeah, it might have been Dominic's back then. It was this was this was mid to late nineties. I love. I never understood kids. having those two grocery stores right across the street competing and against each other. They're always directly. across the street from each other. Well, that's crazy. Not anymore because Dominic's is Domadun. Uh, mm. Flying solo in the Lone Star State. This podcast, Chief Stanford Prison Experiment, and trivia correspondent from the <laughs> class of one, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Dave, I was doing fine. You blew it for me. <laughs> it was good. 
sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't feel like I've gotten you guys with a, a laugh on that in That's quite some time. No, nope. <laughs> it's been a minute. I'm, I'm proud of myself for that <laughs> one. Uh, what is going on with me? Oh, so I finally finished um, The Summer I Turned Pretty Season 2. Mm-hmm. More Taylor songs. <laughs> and then the final episode, which I did not realize was the final episode of the season. And boy, was I pissed because I was like, it's finally happened. They're, the couple I like is getting together. And it's like, okay, bye. Season's over. Bye. Um, a Beyonce song. EXO. Mm, could, really? Could, yes. I need to like find time to investigate this. But how is Amazon doing this? I, uh, I mean, they've got more money than God. So they could afford to pay these royalties. They would never choose to pay these royalties, though. Or... So I don't know. For the TV show, like the summer I turned pretty, I don't know if I'm shelling out millions for, because literally it better be for the boys, like for your biggest hit show. Temporary. I bet yeah. you it's temporary. I, oh, you I, think I so? Bet you, I bet only for the first year or so you're gonna oh. get those songs, and then, and then once Sound people stop paying attention to it, and it sits in the uh, sits in the archive for a while with all those other horrendous documentaries that no one should ever watch, it'll just True. be soundalikes. Well, it's that like with like case. I think like Dawson's Creek. I think the that one was really hard to get music rights as well onto streaming. And the biggest one was Paula Cole. So mm. they put it on Netflix and they replaced it. And people got they so did. pissed that they were mm-hmm. like, pay Paula her money. <laughs> and they did. And now it's, you know how much money Paula wants? This is her retirement plan. She wants fat stacks, that Paula Cole. She's a little greedy. She's a little greedy. Open up your morning. Oh, boy. Six. It's it's a good tune. It's a really good one. If if we're doing Rex, I've got I've got one that is phenomenal and it's brand new. Okay. Um okay. I I only found out about it through June Diane Raphael's Instagram page. But uh Amy Poehler has started a podcast <gasps> called Say More. I haven't God started it, but it. it's on my list. It's okay. so fucking great. It is okay. it's her as like a bad and unqualified doctor. yeah doctor question mark doctor doctor sheila yeah it's it's her as like an unqualified and bad relationship therapist and then you get different pairs of like improv comedians who come on as a couple and she has to help mm. them with their problems so the first one was it was on a gas dire and chris parnell Ooh. uh dr spachemin himself dr spachemin dr leo spachemin the second one was um, Jason Manzukis and, oh, God, not Lennon Parham, the other one, Jessica St. Clair. Mm-hmm. And then the third Manzoukas. one was, well, the third one was Paul Shear and June Diane Raphael. June. And okay. it's, it, it reminds me so much of, I used to listen to so many improv podcasts back when I first started listening to podcasts, and I was super into all the Earwolf shows. It has the same feeling as, like, Comedy Bang Bang. Um, What's that? The uh, oh god, there's there's one that Jessica St. Clair did with Lennon Parham and Jason Manzukis where she plays like a an outcast loser in high school who hosts like a public access radio show for other kids in the high school. It feels like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's quiet, it's calm, and there are so many moments where clearly they lose it and start laughing <laughs> and they just leave it in because they just like yeah we get this is fucking ridiculous but it's it is so good i think there's only, there's only three episodes so far they're short very much worth jason, Man- jason manzigas was the principal or something and he no he good. played he played um 
he played Jessica St. Clair's ex-boyfriend who then became like some kind of like uh, he worked at the school because she, she's old on that pod. She's been in senior year for like eight years or whatever. Like uh, Strangers with Candy? No, she came it's, back. It's, right. No, this is, this is Womp It Up. Uh, uh, with, with, with yeah. With Wampler. And yeah, she's okay. just like too dumb to graduate, basically. <laughs> Eric Gutterballs Gutterman. There you go. Gutterballs. <laughs> we should stop plugging everyone else's podcast and talk about our shit. So this week, Ooh. we are talking about House Arrest. I want to say this is from 94, 97? 96. 90-something, 96. 96. There you go. Um, it's available on Amazon. I didn't write down the other ones. You can rent it for, uh, I think, like, 70 more cents on voodoo but it's not available to stream for free anywhere unfortunately no 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 i had to get it on apple 399 hd 399 plus tax in texas that's a a 432 for me 432 (laughs) thanks a lot abbott um the synopsis via rotten tomatoes when janet beindorf and her husband ned announced their separation their two kids decide to lock them in the basement of their home until they sort things out. Mm-hmm. Soon, other parents are getting the same treatment from their children, including the divorce-happy Vic Finley, with all the adults confined to the Bindorf's basement, along with Janet and Ned. Unable to escape their prison, will the parents finally make some changes in their lives? Waka waka. I don't. I don't like it if the, if the synopsis is a question at the end of it. Don't. Don't. It's not. A, it's not a book blurb. Um. That's pretty accurate i suppose um that kind of sums it up there's they gloss over a couple things that's not so bad uh dave if you could give us a rundown of who's in this movie it's the bindorfs ned and janet played by kevin pollack and jamie lee curtis superstars kind of their height right now i think this is around the time of true lives yeah around the time of uh uh, the usual suspects. So that was a big time for both this of them. This is they are they are in yeah they are in their yeah. bag right now yeah yeah. Uh, Kyle Howard plays Grover. I recognize him from other things. Uh, I did not until I saw his IMDb. I didn't realize that was the same person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's the Krups. Uh, TJ played by Herbert Russell. Um, I'd remembered him. Um, mm. And I'm like, what else has he been in? He, he doesn't exist. You can't click on him anywhere. So he doesn't, <gasps> he doesn't exist. Nope. Just, just poof. This. Vamoose. For this. Uh, little sister Stacy Beindorf, uh, Amy Sackasitz. That's a terrible, that's an unfortunate name. Sackasitz? Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, Mr. Krupp, Christopher McDonald, shoot him again himself. Uh, Gwenna Krupp, uh, is Sheila McCarthy. She's uh she's a pretty famous Canadian actress. I, I didn't hmm. know this. I, I looked into it a little bit. And it was a character uh, actress, pretty much. Uh, uh the award for best actor name, um, the character of Matt Finley, played by Mookie Arizona. We're gonna talk about him later on. Arizona. Mookie <laughs> yep. Arizona. Why does Mookie, that sound familiar? Mookie with a Y, not with a hey, Mookie. Take this pizza, Mookie. Yeah, it's it's not it's not Mookie like Mookie Blaylock with an I E. This is an M O O K Y, which is very strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wallace Shawn as Vic. He's always a delight. Oh, Um, yeah. This is why Mookie's come up. He's in another movie. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I won't. Mookie. (laughs) Save that. I was like, wait a second. We've had a whole diatribe. Mookie Arizona. (laughs) Where do I know that name from? Uh, Caroline Aaron plays Louise. Uh, Louise Finley characterizes Vic's latest wife. Not sure if they ever say how many times 
No. Yeah. Well, we can he, we can extrapolate. He gets married a lot. Four four times or five. He's married a lot. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt shows up. Mm-hmm. Very young Jennifer G-L-H. Love Hewitt as, as Brooke. Jennifer Tilly as her mom, Cindy. An- another mm-hmm. surprise. Did not see that coming at all. No. Um, Ray Walston is about 117 years old. Plays Chief Rocco. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Hand himself. The My two officers. And, uh, <laughs> one of the officers. That's Dan- Dan- Daniel Roebuck, who played Jay Leno in that the late shift uh, HBO yeah. movie that I love so much. Yeah. Uh, ben Stein. A- another surprise. There's a lot of surprises here. Ben Stein kind of cameo. Been- yeah, uh, it's Ralph Doyle is the lawyer, and that's fine. Yeah, that's that's, that's about it. enough there. Um, let's go around the horn here and give some memories of the first time we saw this one. Dana, what do you got? Today? I'm pretty just sure. Just finished it. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> just, just got it in under the wire. You texted um, us yeah. maybe two hours ago. Like, I got to pay for this thing? <laughs> like, we're recording very soon. I checked to see how long it was, and I was like, oh, I could definitely <laughs> squeeze this in if I start it. You got to start it before six p.m. That's that's the must. But I I thought it was a straight up ninety minutes, and I timed it out where it's like, okay, Mm-mm. I'm gonna finish this. I had Mm-mm. a call today that I'm like, this son of a bitch is gonna last two and a half hours. It'll be a long fucking call. Let me get this shit in and finish it. And I had like eight minutes to go, and I'm like, God, do I gotta finish less fucking eight minutes of this after a two hour phone call? So yeah, mm-hmm. fuck me. Right? I always check, so I'm like, oh, should I start it? And mm-hmm. then finish it later. But I was like, okay, I can get this done after work on Monday. But yeah, that was also going to be part of my uh, critique when it comes time to grade it. So yeah, I mean, everything about that. this movie says 90 minutes and somehow it's an hour and 48. And I'm like, that that's fucking stupid. Um, yeah, yeah. Dave, memories for you. Uh, this had to have been a video update or Hollywood video rental in mm-hmm. 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Your grandma didn't record it off the television for you? No, she my, had. That's my favorite. She <laughs> keep had, a story. She had, better sense. she had better sense. Like, oh, David, this, <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. Um, and probably on TV, I, this feels like a TBS or TNT. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll cut a bunch out of it and it'll be a solid two hours with commercials. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I watched it at least once that way too. Why? I don't know. It's I don't know movie. why. It's a movie and it's on. Yeah, yeah. I, I I said this when I picked it last week. I remember seeing this at my grandma's house on basic cable around probably like 97, 98. But mm-hmm. I remember virtually nothing about the movie or the plot. Like, I just remember these kids trap their parents in the basement and like lock them down there. And that's kind of all that I remembered. So it's pretty fresh for me, too. Um, Dana, did it make the grade or should they have held this one back? Um, so one of my first notes was, huh, because like the opening music, <laughs> I went, one of my first notes was, huh, huh. Uh, there are, no, there are like, a couple good music mismatch parts in here where the music, a lot of them, oh, it's like every, yeah. every single one of them. Um, but I went, oh, this music sounds like those like fun, mo- fun kid movies we watched in the 90s. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is 96. I feel like this is the tail end. This was probably greenlit while we're still pumping out like Beethoven, Beethoven two. Air we're Bud. pumping out Little Giants. We're pumping out Airbud. We got Bubba Ladybug. Green. We got Sandlot. We we are pumping out the kids' films, and they're like, throw this one in there. So I have a feeling they thought this was going to be something. Mm-hmm. It's not. This ain't Kevin McAllister defending his home. This is, no. I don't know what this was, but it was weird and I found it offensive. It cost me $4.32. Uh, 
Um, it was an hour and 48 minutes of my life. I will never get back. Sure. Um, so the grade on this one, there are good people in it. Mm-hmm. There is not really a good script. So I'm giving this a D. I'm not going to totally fail it. Because again, quality people. Wallace Shawn is in this motherfucker. Wallace Shawn Judah is McGavin this. is rolling it's through this inconceivable. piece. He's in mm-hmm. this movie. You keep on There's saying so that many... word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. This word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Um, yeah. That is Manny Patinkin I'm doing. I'm not trying to do any <laughs> they, other. <laughs> they should have thrown him in this movie somewhere. He, he would have sure. been great. Yes. He has better taste. Um, so overall, I'm I'm giving it a D. It just too many, too many negatives, wasted people's time, specifically mine. Um, so yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Okay. All right. Dave, how about you? Uh for me it was nostalgia. I remembered. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is we watched this in the basement. We had Chinese food when we watched mm-hmm. it. <laughs> there, there's memories there. And you remember all the stars that kept showing up. I'm like, wow. Yeah what they all agreed to do this i'm guessing the script is very different from when they started and agreed to it to what it actually became because it's 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 dog shit it's 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 not good um the way the the way this kid deals with finding out his 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 parents are getting getting divorced just come on now oh come 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 on now kid i mean Um, yeah grow up grow up a little bit I wow. mean, my, my parents, hey, my parents got divorced too. It sucks. <laughs> Doesn't feel good. Didn't do this. But Ben Stein didn't deliver the news to you. Uh, correct. He, he did not. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was a phone call on a Tuesday afternoon. And it was Jesus. unpleasant. But uh, I kind of wish worse, it was Ben actually. Stein. Said, Hi, Dave. <laughs> Want to win my money. Oh, I can't. Ben I can't Stein's but yeah, money. Deep. deep uh, no, it gets a D plus because of the characters because of the actors who, 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 who they got to be in it the rest is crap and and the cooking god the cooking, cooking. <laughs> the cooking yeah we're kind of all along the same lines here this is a it's a bad movie um but like a month ago or so i think probably during our episode on first kid um i pointed out that we just don't have like mid-budget theatrical kids or teen movies anymore they all wind mm. up like direct to streaming and so yeah. we're just blissfully unaware of them. <laughs> like I remember being a kid and there would be like a trailer for Dunstan checks in or whatever. And just like, yeah, but that movie would never get made now and put in theaters. They might, they might put it on Amazon or Netflix, but that's not going to theaters. And so seeing this did remind me of like this era of kids movies. Um, there's like just enough humor from the adults in the movie to make me like, Oh, Okay. But no, the, the the focus should be on the grown-ups. The kids are terrible. Um, yes. The plot is... I've never said this. Hackneyed. This is a hackneyed plot. Like, mm, it's that's a, a word. Mess. Yeah. That is word. strong. That is uh, a strong... I'm sorry to use harsh colloquialisms, but yeah, it's, it's not good, but I also... I'm not going to hold it back mostly because I'm nostalgic for an era of, of movies where this would be something that was in theaters for two months or whatever, which is fucking crazy to say. Um, before we get into the recap and the segments, do we have any fun facts on this one? I didn't find anything. Uh, goddamn one. No, it's... No, it's <laughs> hey, God, I, shit. 
I did a search for the Ebert review. I couldn't find his. Oh, but, I wish uh, I would have heard that. There, there, there was a little uh, form of the a little part of the Siskel had some words about it. Um, okay. Zero stars. <laughs> zero. It's one of the year's worst movies. At least oh. I hope so, or it's going to be a very bad year. God oh. damn, Gene Siskel. <laughs> Fuck. And, and that came it it was reviewed alongside one of my favorite movies on the show. I I really liked the movie Tin Cup with uh I've never Kevin seen Costner. Tin Cup. I remember Wait, it, but I, I never saw it. Kevin Costner, Rene Russo, Cheech Marin. Yeah. Good. Golf for two for a little too long, about two hours, twenty minutes. A little too long. <laughs> two hours twenty Don, minutes. Don Johnson as the PGA tour asshole ex-boyfriend of oh. Rene Russo. Oh okay. dude, it's so good. It's got all the it's got it's got the pieces. So, they okay. said that one is like pretty good, and then they're like, "Oh, this piece of shit." <laughs> you guys ready for this one? Zero stars. <laughs> Zero stars. Yeah, it's well, that's, fuck. Yeah, yeah, the and the trivia on IMDb is just it's just there's, I didn't there's waste just my time there. Nothing. Well, more. I will I say this isn't like what I saw on the IMDb was just um the play the woman who plays Louise Finley who's always singing so Wallace Shawn can pee, mm-hmm. and Kevin Pollock go on to play husband and wife on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I do like yeah. her. I don't know specifically what I remember her from, she's but been I've in seen everything. her in things. Yeah, she's she's yeah, a, yeah. she's a that guy. I've seen her in plenty yeah. of stuff. Yeah, um, she's the parents of the marvelous. They're the parents of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel's ex-husband, whose mm. name I cannot remember or bother to look up. So yeah. okay, all right. Well then, let's go ahead and jump into the recap and the segments here. Um. I don't. I mean, we'll start at kind. Of, I don't. I don't typically go chronologically, but I do want to start at the very beginning of this one here. So the movie opens up with these two kids, like planning a big anniversary surprise for their parents. Yeah, uh, I, I will say mm-hmm. the opening credits were kind of clever because they show us like Kevin Pollock and Jamie Lee Curtis's home movies of them, like uh, on yes. their wedding day and on their honeymoon. I was a little bit confused who's holding the camera for a lot yes. of the honeymoon footage because it's both them together. Yeah. <laughs> like so somebody's filming yeah. you guys. Yeah, that um, felt weird. Yeah, that felt odd. But I, I did feel like they did a pretty good job of explaining like these are people who've been together for a long time and they were once super in love with each other and they were super cute and blah blah blah. Then they cut back to current day. And <sighs> can we, yeah. we just take one one step back? You are mm-hmm. cutting it apart where you guys know how I feel. I feel like we've had this in a couple films and it really drives me insane. Oh. For some reason, it opens with fucking Grover Bindorf, whatever oh, the fuck his name is. Yeah. Oh, Grover. Nice Speaking to directly you. to camera. Like yeah. he's narrating yeah. it and then we he, never hear a voiceover again. He narrates Correct. the opening credits and the closing credits and that's it. Okay. I just want to call that out. It was a weird yeah. choice. Well, and the opening narration. It never really. Who is it? like? Okay, yeah. Anyway, we don't have to. Okay. No. Well, the opening narration is one of those things where he's like, "Um, I guess you could say it's all my fault, but only and like, <laughs> what is all your fault, Grover? Like, we have no backstory to know what you're even talking about. Like, it's his first. It's his first credit. He's terrible. He's he, bad. He, he gets better as an stupid actor, fucking haircut. This is just. It's terrible. It's yeah. giving hot yeah. summer nights, but like not as bad as hot summer nights. Yeah, at least the narrator in this movie's in the movie. So so we get that. Um yeah. 
but yeah so like grover is he kind of lets us know something has happened and then we cut to making breakfast and i don't know why the director made this choice he shows like their hands and like the plates of food and the pans and shit and doesn't show their faces and i'm like it's not like they have something weird about their faces or i'm gonna look at them and go oh i'm like yeah they're just actors at this stage of their career yeah well i guess i i think they okay so this is where this is that act, tony I think curtis's daughter it's tony curtis's daughter oh my god <laughs> yes no but i think there's this thing That's of like they oh, seem yes. really busy they got too much going yeah. on and it's like we don't see them until the kids are like until no never mind i'm trying to justify it and i can't no, it's, it's, so it's, stupid. it's just a weird choice i get what you're saying yeah well, and you know what? They did a good job of kind of getting across the point of like these people are super busy. They have a lot going on. I think you can do that with like some really upbeat, dumb music, a la Mrs. Doubtfire, like a silly fucking you know score, and then just like show them creating full chaos in the mornings as they like try to get dressed. The iron burns the shirt, and the toast is burned, and someone knocks over the oranges, whatever. But like. They don't really do that. They just show them being busy parents. Mm, And then there's a part where Grover, I think it might be Grover and his sister Stacy both say happy anniversary. And the parents look up at them. And in my mind, my first note is, oh, sad. You guys both forgot their anniversary. Because like the look that they give is like, oh, shit, that's today. Mm, And then I'm like, oh, that's, that's embarrassing. But it's also a pretty clever way for them to show us without telling us, oh, like, the spark has gone out of this relationship. We just saw these people get married and full-on make out in the front seat of the car in front of everybody and then go on this, on their honeymoon and all of this shit, and their marriage has gotten so stale they both forgot their anniversary. That's not what happened. That would be better. They have sex at at least two times. Yes. (laughs) And that's pretty good. Yeah. But instead... It's just like, oh shit, hey kids, by the way, we're splitting up. <laughs> like that's essentially what happens here. Um, now I wanted to ask you guys because the movie posits a world in which kids do big grand gestures for their parents on their anniversary. Either one of you guys ever do this when you were nope. growing up? No. Yeah, me that's, either. <laughs> that's their memory from before <laughs> I existed. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna keep it that way. I don't want to be associated with it that's their thing we can do birthdays and stuff that's our thing sure. that's that's the way i feel about it yeah. yeah yeah i very much felt like is this an episode of the cosby show like you know it was all like it's shit you only see on television yep. or it yep. was like they're getting yeah. ready to come down the steps lip syncing to jazz yes. that's about to happen <laughs> day. Ah, baby. Dad, baby. <laughs> you, wanna... <laughs> you know that's I mean, well, and I feel bad joking about Bill Cosby now. Yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. but that yeah, that is the universe in which we're living, where kids make a huge deal for their parents' anniversary. Um, I also want to point out, and I don't know if I just missed this or if the movie is just this thin. I don't think we get like a real reason for why the Bindorfs are splitting up. Like they they kind of sprinkle breadcrumbs along the way when we see them argue, but like it didn't seem like they had a real like falling out. 
It didn't seem like there was, you know, they've been fighting for months. Yeah, none of that. No infidelity. I I watch I watch Sister Wives, and one of the wives on that show, who is the only surviving wife, is like, I don't see what you guys are splitting. Well, they didn't die, Dana. They just (laughs) that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, there was a mass murder on television. Two of them, two of them have left the husband. The third one, the husband has left her, but she's still just like kicking it anyway, like Mm. around the house. Okay. But um, th- one of the wife that's still married to him is just like, I don't see what the big deal is, why you guys can't be together. And the whole time, I'm like, yeah, it's because of you, Robin. Like, you fucked everything up. But when we see these two, we don't get the impression of like, yeah, like Dave said, it's not infidelity. We don't get the impression of just like, I hate, I hate seeing you. Like, I'm tired of looking at your fucking face. We don't get any of that. It's just like, it's- yeah, we're splitting up. It's an odd dynamic. Like in short bursts, they're good, but then when they start talking to each other, that's yeah. when it's a problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they eventually like show us because then yeah. at the the big have we talked about like the thing where they do the whole stuff in the basement? That's when you start seeing like where the cracks are. Yeah. And they we see it over like the course of the film and like sometimes they're good, but it's just like I think it's just wow, oh, they're good. I don't know. Getting they on each have, other's nerves have, is probably yeah, not like yeah. worthwhile. But, that, but, but that's it. It's time. it's just it's just I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that's like 75% of married couples that I know. <laughs> it's just like yeah. well, we just we just get on each other's nerves all the time. They gave it it was 18 years though. And 18 years. And now it's like this has probably been going on for what 10? Well, however old and they're fucking finally, Grover and they're is probably over it. Like no, they'll and, be fine before they had kids. And they're finally over it and just saying, you know what? It's it's the nineties. It ain't the they ain't the the seventies or early eighties anymore. We can get divorced, and you know what? It's totally cool. Just divorce yeah. it up. Let's do well our hands of it and be done. And there was a lot of this in the nineties. A lot of the I think a lot of it was like we've got a lot of kids who are growing up in divorce households now, and we don't have programming for them. Mm. like because you want to look about brady bunch um were they both just like widowed because we never saw like the we never saw mike's wife or carol's husband Maybe yes yes yeah. they were both widowed right Widow, um, widower wi- yeah he was a widower she was a widow what do we um step by step same thing um we know they got remarried we never saw ex-husband ex-wife <laughs> don't know if they just died or what Correct. I I'd, I'd have to go back and watch the pilot to see if they explain what happened to them. Yeah. I don't oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened in the, the step by the the Patrick Duffy Suzanne Summers household. I can't remember. Right, I have no fucking oh, idea. What a good show! I used to love second that show. time around. I, I Dana, I got bad news. It's fucking horrible if you watch it now. <laughs> that oh, shit yeah. does not hold up. It's bad. <laughs> I I there was a little while that I was trying to go back and rewatch all the TGIF shows. Um, Perfect Strangers. Holds up pretty well. Sure okay. does. Yeah. Family okay. matters. I can see that. Calls on Larry. Family matters. Family matters is terrible anytime Urkel is not on screen. <laughs> like that's right. Everyone else is oh. terrible. On that show. They, they tried to give the other characters like you they know, tried ca- so hard character, but they're everyone's pretty flat. Yeah. How about when Stefan Urkel shows up? Is that well, mm. there's Stefan Urkel? There's also the the Bruce Lee Urkel he turns into at one point. Like it got so bad. There came a point where I actually was like. I don't need to see Urkel. I kind of like ever, tapped out towards the end. I was like, did you I ever can't see the, the Key and Peel sketch about Family Matters? 
it's it's among my favorite pieces of comedy where he's playing like reginald vell johnson yeah yes, yeah it's um peel plays plays carl winslow and he goes into gene i think gene is like the Did producer I of the show do that? He goes in his <laughs> office to like i remember yeah. he cusses That's so great. much i am a fucking actor gene i did fucking shakespeare in the park <laughs> but mm. just goes off on him at one point like carl but, but reginald this is so much cocaine i've done more cocaine than you weigh gene mm. <laughs> it's i'll put that in our facebook group i don't know if i can find the un the unedited version where it's just like full-on cussing but it's it's fucking fantastic it's on hulu you can find it it's yeah awesome. it's, it's out there but yeah there's just like i think that in the 90s they tried to go out of their way to make programming for kids who were going through divorce or whose parents had been divorced for some time. Mm-hmm. And this kind of fits in with that canon. Um, the The movie is very much, I feel like it's anti-divorce. It's probably the best way to put it. It's mm. the 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 moral of the story is like, you could work it out. No, it's locked yeah. in a basement for four days and you'll figure it out. Yeah. Or, or we'll Is it four fucking... days? I had a question. I don't know how many that. days it was. I it could, think it could have been. It could have been a long weekend. weekend. <laughs> it could have been a I, month. I don't I think know. It was a long weekend. Um, okay. let's, let's talk about this harebrained scheme then, just so we can lay it out there for those who've not seen it. So mm-hmm. there's a part where, um, Mookie Arizona. I guess, I guess yeah. Grover is at school <laughs> talking to Mookie Arizona, and Mookie Arizona is like. I, I'm sorry, man. Like I've I've been through a lot of divorces. My dad keeps on getting married and divorced. Um, there's some some signs to look for to see if it's just separation or if it's gonna head toward divorce. But at this point, the only way you can fix this is to I don't know lock him in the basement, and not let him out. He says lock him in a closet, but then it's like, yeah, yeah. big ass basement right. though. Closet. Yeah, we can lock him down there. There's a shitter down there. We'll right. figure it out. It's great. <laughs> So so the kids, the son and daughter get home from school. This is after they found out their parents are separating. So it's like the the feeling of this is mom and dad are splitting up. We have to try to stop them from doing it. And here's our, our method. And so they do a big elaborate luau setup in the basement, which is supposed to remind them of their honeymoon. Um, I, I forget the reason that Grover makes up for having to like run upstairs or quick to get something or whatever, but you guys stay down here. I'm going to go upstairs and get something. I'll be right back. And they're arguing because that's what they do. Kevin Pollack and Jamie Lee Curtis. I think the, no, I think the first part of it was, we'll give them a shot. Maybe this sparks something and they'll be good again. And yeah, we won't have to worry about like, it. You then, guys understand we're splitting up, right? But but then they start fucking fighting. He's like, yeah, yeah. come on. Yep. Let's mm-hmm. just do this. God damn it. Yeah, so while they're down there bickering back and forth, you hear banging upstairs, and they mm-hmm. yell up there like, what are you doing? I'm nailing the door shut. Oh, he's nailing the door shut. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the 90s, and then we have Auga. that. Yeah. yeah, Auga. Eyes flying out of their face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. So at this point, the whole premise of the movie is we're going to lock mom and dad in the basement and not let them come out until they've decided they're not going to split up anymore. Mm-hmm. Which... Yep. It's a surefire way to get one dead parent, I feel like. I mean, I don't know. No flaws. No notes. Perfect plan. You guys did it. You nailed it. Proceed. They they need medication. (laughs) Someone's a diabetic. Someone's this, and they're going to die down there. You're going to tell me neither one. It's it's the 90s, and neither one of these two have high blood pressure. Yeah. Like, Kevin Pollock has HBP. Like, he Mm -hmm. needs Coracetin or something. It's not not going well for him. Um, So... 
at this point, we kind of introduce some of the other kids. And I wanted to to sort of go because they're just fucking tropes. They're just goddamn yeah. tropes. You get sure. TJ first. TJ is everything about a 90s bully. There's two yeah. kinds of 90s bullies. There's like the 90s bully that's a jock who like yeah. hates the kid because he's a nerd. And there's yeah. the 90s bully who is Roger Klotz is probably the yeah. best way to put it. Yeah. Um, yes. You probably listen to heavy metal. Your hair is probably long and like poorly maintained. Yeah, it's reminding me of, uh, yeah, uh, like a Budnick from Salute Your Shorts. Yes, Budnick with, is uh, that. Go back to step by step. Who lived in the van outside? That was what, Cody, what was but Cody wasn't Cody. a bully. One, one uh, well, he bullied his real life wife and went to uh, jail for that. That's probably the, beat the hell out of her. The, that's probably the, the, uh, the confusion yeah. I have. But a, a van. Um, yeah. It, yeah. This is he's more like um, like uh, well, he oh the the little guy from Boy Meets World, not um, not Minkus, not well, not Minkus. There was a little bully, right? Because there was Frankie the Enforcer, Stakino. And then his little redheaded buddy and who looked like Bud boss. Nick from Salute Your Shorts. The boss, yeah. Not the boss, because the boss, oh. the boss was first it was Harley Kiner, then oh. it was Adam Scott <laughs> from, from Parks and Rec. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so not, but there was another another redheaded henchman who mm. was like a little fella. And that's what this guy was like. I mean, TJ, he's like a big dude, but yeah. he's just like he's he's the bad guys from uh Three Ninjas. Like he's one of that kind of. I listen to Pantera and Anthrax. He's that kind of a bully. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's Matt. Uh, Matt is Mookie, Arizona. He is the best friend. Um, I in my notes I said he seems unusually wise. I'm not sure he seems wise. It's more yeah. just like he talks like an adult. Mm. Is the best way to put it. He just oh. yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't come off like he's a little kid, probably because his dad's been divorced eighty thousand times, and he's like raising. You usually have to his grow siblings. up after that happens once, and yeah, based on yeah, based on the timeline, like you were talking, every every couple of years, so he's been divorced yeah. what seven well, times. We we understand, yeah. yeah. Grover's fourteen, so if his dad gets divorced every two years, presumably he takes some time to like find the next wife, maybe six months or a year. So like yeah. he's been divorced four or five times at least. He reminds um, me of my favorite comedy bang bang character, Alimony Tony. Do you know Alimony Tony? I don't because my comedy bang bang knowledge is pretty thin. I've listened to maybe like 20 episodes total. So he's a uh, independently wealthy tycoon who enjoys just getting married on a whim so he can have the privilege of paying alimony when he gets yes, divorced. Oh my God. It's Paul F. Tompkins. So you know it's great. And uh, that as soon as I see Wallace Shawn, is like he just likes to get divorced all the time. Like, oh, and and then he picks up a phone call about Alamo. Like, Wait, why don't I have to pay you child support? See, so, well, he does. He does yell. Yeah. Alimony Tony. See, uh, it, the, I the only alimony. The only characters I remember from Comedy Bang Bang. There's a pair of kids who are like eight and are like super sleuths, but mm. they're not good at it. They just make random connections between like words that they see together. Um. But yeah, like you just essentially you've got Matt who just it, it's almost like he's a little bit jaded to the world around him. And it's just like, yep, people get divorced, man. Like, that's how life works. And then you have Brooke, who's Wait, just hot. Matt Matt is also some sort of like tech videographer wizard. Apparently. 
the, so, yeah, the he rigs that. up a setup that would make the guys from Ridge of the Nerds. He's gonna get full jealous. avid. What, what what's what's the previous before Final Cut? Was it avid? Was oh, was the know. was the editing platform? It's like old school editing. It's it's all very analog, but you saw it. It's like a full setup he had there. And he's gonna reveal the real. Yeah, he's gonna be work, yeah. working those keys. <laughs> yeah, well, was- so very impressive yeah he had a lot of a lot of setup when they finally set up like the cameras and the audio equipment as well um and then there's brooke who's the other the only like girl in this movie who's not stacy the little kid she's just there to be hot i don't i they did not give her anything to say or do they don't explain why her mom is there it's just that brooke is hot and we have to have jennifer love you in the movie well, and that's about they do it. explain why the mom's there. It's because she's not. It's not, a, it's not a good explanation. Because the other, well, the, uh, we'll talk about. Let, a, let's let's a, get into the parents. She's a cool mom. Mm-hmm. I, I I genuinely I'm not like think the other moms. Yeah. I'm a cool mom. I it's genuinely not, think Jennifer not Tilly's not a cool mom. That was a problem. I don't think. Like, I don't think that behavior is destroying a family. So no, I, I just don't understand. Why. Let's, it's let's destroying JLH's life. That's well, what it's destroying. In, She's in, so in, embarrassing in a fourteen-year-old's mind, sure, but in reality, it's embarrassing now, and it'll be fine later. It's don't very embarrassing. So yeah. you got TJ's parents. Uh, his dad is Shooter McGavin, who is. I in my notes I said verbally abusive. He might also be physically hitting that kid's mom. I don't know for sure, but like, <sighs> I well he's definitely cheating on her. He's definitely cheating on her. I um I, I watch. I don't know if there's abuse necessarily. I think she's just a people pleaser who's taking. I don't know way too far. And I I've seen enough enough bad reality TV marriages and relationships to see. The second she starts talking, he interrupts her every time. And I'm like, that is a sign of abuse. Like, mm-hmm. that is a woman who is beaten down at home, who probably okay. never gets to speak her mind freely and is under this dude's thumb. And TJ is bothered by this. And so he, you know, he's I'm not going to say he's a mama's boy, but I will say I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a mom heart tattoo when he's older. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's got kind of that kind of feeling yeah. about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Matt's parents. Uh, they genuinely seem fine. Yeah, like there's no tension between them. We never see them fight. We never see them argue. But Matt's like, "Up, oh, it's two years coming up. That means my dad's gonna get divorced because he does it every two years." And I'm like, maybe he just married like shitty partners before now, and that yeah. was from the right one. Right. We, we don't see any reason that they're here at all. It's as even the when reasoning, they're. It's, a, it's like the reasoning comes from like an undeveloped brain. It's yeah, weird. <laughs> almost like a so child high. said this. Oh my god! Even when they're like locked in the basement and tension is high and they could crack, they're like, "No, we're so in love. We're happy together." And I'm like, well, "We're happy. Go home. I'm, I'm gonna put up this blanket while you take a I'm shit." I'm sure they this fuck. Great. <laughs> they or also like, they fuck. piss or whatever. I don't, oh no, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they fucked in that basement because Mr. Sure Mrs. Did. Caroline Aaron at one point just pops up one morning and it's like the. A sheet wrapped around, uh-huh. nothing up yeah. top. I was like, y'all just fucked in the middle of the basement with Listen, everybody else. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I think every person in that basement fucks except Jennifer Tilly. I don't I don't think I mean she there's no single man down there for her, but I mm. think everyone else fucks. Um, whether or not TJ's mom wanted to is a different story, but I, oh. I think I know, but oh. Shooter McGavin's a fucking monster. Um, so yeah, we don't really see a clear reason for Matt's parents being in this predicament other than matt is convinced they're gonna get divorced because it's almost two years and like i said brooke's mom jennifer tilly is just youthful she's just 
she's youthful because she must have had her when she was like 13. They're basically yeah. the same age. Yeah. Well, she does say that the mom tries to like hang out with her and they're like, yes. oh, my mom tries to come on our hangout, which is, it is a little weird. So, that is that weird. Can, it can go too far, whether Brooke is over exaggerating, it's possible, or exaggerating. Yes. Yeah. Her really perception is her reality. Um, yeah. Tough to say, but uh, yeah, there's, it could definitely get, 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 get weird, but I know my, Dad would sometimes be like, "So, what are you boys doing? You playing pool?" I'm like, "Yeah, Dad, we're playing pool. Can you off, please?" <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I had a friend, and we might have talked about him and his mom on this pod before. I had Is the, the hot friend, mom, yes, no. yes, whose mom yes, was basically please. stiff for his mom, who was always hanging out with us. So yeah, I'll give you that. Mm. It was probably weird for him. I was fine with it. Um, you are. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw him at the reunion, and I wasn't gonna be like, "How's your mom?" But I was thinking, hey, how's, "How's your, your hot mom? mom?" Right? Probably sixty five now, huh? How's your mom doing? Still hot? Still hot? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I still have those those fuzzy pumps, huh? Because she had she had those weird like I I don't know where you would buy these like the 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 heels that have like the just ostrich feather on them, like the fluffy mm-hmm. kind of. Peg Bundy would wear heels yeah, like this. Like a... you, you have a lot of detailed memory of this. <laughs> I mean, she was it's, a, it's a key part of my sexual awakening. So yeah, oh, I guess geez. I was. Okay, thanks, I was man. Like appreciate it. Of course, right on the house in lingerie. Like, uh, what am I supposed to do? It was. It was a lot. Man. It was. It was. It very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, now this movie does come with its you know key set of plot problems. I think. Once you get past the barest premise of kid locks his parents in the basement to work out their problems, once you expand it to any anybody outside of this immediate family, the plot begins to kind of fall apart. Because it's like, well, now you have too many parents that could easily outnumber these kids. That's right. So so there's a part in the on the first day. I want to say, did he lock them in the basement and then go to school and like leave them down there? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So he gets back from school. And then not long after TJ shows up. Did we see him tell TJ that he locked the parents in the basement? He heard them in the bathroom. Oh, oh that's right. He, that's he right. was taking a big gnarly shit and he flushes yeah. and then stands up. He's like, bro. Yeah. He was pushing out a grumpy. Dude. Right. Yeah. Um, no, this, this was supposed to take 12 hours, like 6 PM. Wake him up at 6 AM. Everything will be good. Right. And Fixed it's not. It. They're staying down there and yeah. it wasn't good. So he went to school. Yeah, he went to fucking school. Um, so because TJ... it'll raise more suspicions if the kids don't show up to school than if the parents don't show up to work. To so that's, work. That's <laughs> to their the jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's another part of this. I mean <sighs> boy, yeah. Fired. Everyone's fired. fired. And then the, um the, they lose the house, no more mortgage. Oh yeah. God. It's, it's all the over. The world falls you... apart very quickly in Defiance, Ohio. Because you're meddling kids. You're not making your mortgage payment. Yeah. Um, So TJ shows up and is, it it seems as though he has worked out the logistics of doing this many a time before. Like, yeah, it's weird. He has plans, I feel like. He's got blueprints. Mm. And so he shows up and he's like, well, first things first, we got to take out this wooden door. And like, luckily for you, I brought a wrought iron door to weld on instead. I guess yeah. like that. I was just super confused by everything that happens. He drives a van with a wizard airbrushed on the side of it. So, okay, fine. 
you could probably fit a wrought iron front door in there. I don't know where he got it. He doesn't seem to have a job. Yeah, there there are questions about this door because I'm like, well, which way does it open? Uh-huh. How do the parents not just bum rush? Which we see why it doesn't make sense. So it we can talk about that more. Sense. Um, but also like those doors like need to have. I don't know. I just feel like it would have required a lot more insulation than we got to see. And we got to watch a lot of other stupid bullshit. So I just would have loved to see a little bit more about how the logistics of this special wrought iron door mm-hmm. were implemented. TJ, yeah, he's a rich kid. Oh, he's rich. His dad's a lawyer. So you're supposed. I think you're just supposed to make that jump. Like, oh, lawyer. Well, dad. Once you see their house, yeah, yeah. the inside of that house was mid nineties rich. He's he's, he's yeah. got seven hundred eighty nine dollars for a top of the line uh, security door. He can. I mean, swing dad that. does. How does TJ get that fucking money? Uh there's a credit card that he yeah. probably. At charged a bit too much for on that he's not supposed true. to maybe I, I don't true. know. Yeah, so he he shows and frankly for me, the wooden door seemed pretty secure. I mean, they had like okay. cut a hole in it, but they didn't have a way to get out. If you just want to put this door there as like you know a fail safe, that makes more sense than like removing the wooden door and replacing it with this one, because that's got to take an hour, two hours. You're you're dumb high school yeah. kids. The parents yeah. just stood there and watched them do this for that whole fucking time. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. You, you, don't, you don't put those hinges in the right stud; it comes right off, and it right it rips away that uh, that entryway all yeah. by itself. That takes a lot yeah. of. It takes a really strong, strong piece of wood to keep that in place. I just well, don't. And I we established Kevin Pollock starts projects, never finishes them around the house. But I'd have to assume. Uh... He's standing like I'm goddamn Bob Vila compared to this fucking kid. Like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Um, and you know, there were there were plenty of opportunities where there was like one kid in the basement or like one kid interacting with the parents. So easy for one grown-up to overpower one of these kids. There's a part yes. where they send Matt down there by himself. Yeah. I'm like, you sent the skinniest kid you've got. <laughs> Do you well, the tomato to or is it a watermelon? This is a it's a tomato. This is after the tomato. The tomato is the demonstration in the beginning. But that's the thing. Like they send the kid down in some like weird little suit. I was like, is this suit electrified? What what am I? So, am I... so they've esta- okay. So they established in the very beginning when TJ showed up that he's got a backpack that he says has a car battery in it hooked up to jumper cables. And then if the parents try to escape, he will electrocute them to death a la Raiden from Mortal Kombat, I think is what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, then he, yeah, well, sure. He got the tomato. He brought a tomato and like touched the jumper cables to it and the tomato exploded. Which I don't think would happen. But then later on, I think what we find out is the backpack doesn't actually work. It's a bluff. <laughs> Like, it doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. So how did the tomato explode then? Uh, Smaller uh, mass than a person. There's a I lot guess. more room for electricity to move through a body and dissipate. I mean, maybe. Was, when they when they send Matt is, down there, yeah. Shooter McGavin jumps him. And he's like, see, I knew it wouldn't fucking work. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so. Like, now escape. Yeah, like, so get out. Go ahead. There are oh no no because then then uh, Matt's mom 
German suplexes Shooter McGavin down the stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she throws him down 40 stairs. No, actually, very lucky that they had the piece of wood because if he falls like co- concrete, he could have hit mm-hmm. your neck, neck the wrong way. He's he's not doing too good. But uh, that was something. That's, that's the thing. I'm just like, you're three German grown men. suplex, too. Yeah, German <laughs> suplexed him. Whoa. You're four grown women. Like, you could overpower these children. Like, sure just- Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's no movie and it's not as fun, but like, they don't want to beat it. You, you don't want to beat up a kid, but I think Shooter McGavin wanted to beat up kids. Like, well, he seemed like he was excited he, for this shit. And he got Even his, his chance. own kid. He was willing yeah. to fucking. Yeah. That is suck. true. That is true. That is true. Now, um, this movie does feature uh, a classic 90s trope. I think before that, I, you go back to Bewitched, but like, the nosy neighbor is, you know, a key part of this movie. I don't know why he's a key part of this movie, but they felt like hmm. they had a Mr. Hand in there. Well, so he's the former police chief, which is important. Is he though? There, that's what they keep saying. Yeah, yeah. They keep calling him the chief. Yeah. They didn't say of what. His his oh. jacket says like fish and wildlife department <laughs> ever. Oh. I think he's a game warden. Oh. So you think oh. he's a yeah. Former chief game warden. I think he's a game warden or like a what a, a migratory bird specialist or some shit. Like I don't think he's a cop. Like northwestern Ohio, Ooh. which is where defines. Well, is. I, I don't. I, I I there was a shot where they had very clearly gigantic mountains in the background, and I'm like, not in Defiance, Ohio. No. Like this yeah, is this is Sierra Nevada. pretty flat. Yeah, I thought it was like in Iowa. I I didn't actually. Oh, we don't hear, have I just... we don't have mountains here either. We're flatter here uh, than Ohio is. Okay, mm. never mind then. Never yeah, mind. I it's it's definitely Defiance, Ohio, but I I it felt like it was shot in California because those are the Sierra well, Nevadas they had just like kick it in the background. I'm sure a town stood in. I'm sure on the back lot in Burbank or some yeah. shit in California. And then yeah. I don't think it was Defiance, Ohio. I think it was another no. town in Ohio. Thing was but they said it was Defiance, actually. But but yeah, it was supposed to be Defiance. the Defiance Bulldogs and all that shit. It's a good name. Yeah, solid, that's a great strong name. name. That's yeah. a great name. Um, so yeah, so the neighbor, there's a part where we see him and he's like, "Haven't seen your parents in a while. Are they okay?" And I'm like, "You really just like keep track of where your neighbors are at all fucking times." I've lived in this house since 2016. I don't know my neighbors' names. The oh. one next door, I know that's Liz. Other side, his name is that Steve and Dawn across the street. They've lived here longer than us. I don't know these people. These people, they have a kid the same age as my kid. We don't interact. We don't see each other. The weird. As long as you know a name of somebody nearby, that's I know one name. A lot of people. I know one. But I'm for sure not like you know. I haven't seen Liz in two days. I better go investigate this. Like I'm like out outside all the time. Like of course not. Get get off your phone one day and go meet some people, Brian. Go touch grass, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just that that part of it was odd to me. Um, I all we don't really get an understanding for why he's so suspicious. Like he just he these kids do not seem like trouble. Like this, this little wiener kid across the street and his sister, they don't seem like trouble. But every time he sees that there are children in the neighborhood, he's like, what the fuck are you fucking up to? Mm. It's like they're yes. le- legitimately walking on their lawn. and You're going out of your fucking mind over this shit. Yeah. Um, watching I, I wanna... Be- they're watching Beavis and Butthead and they I'm can't be trusted the kids these days. That's so true. That's whenever true. I see him, I want him to go home. And give him the business. Give him the um, business. 
Now, I want to toss this out there to you guys. Did we need this character at all? Or is there enough like natural tension in the plot between the kids and the parents without interjecting Mr. Hand to be like nefarious spy? Hmm. I someone had to call the police. Yeah, I think that's that's the piece. This, someone needs for to this call thing the cops. to end. Some, some someone had to call. So it it, I, it, yes. it could it could have been Ben Stein who got suspicious. It could have been uh, one of their bosses at work. It, it could have been that a lot of sense. different people, but instead they had uh, they had Mr. Hand for a day. They had Mr. Hand. I feel like in the house across the street. Yeah. If it had been like for some reason like a a nosy lady neighbor, like I needed oh. it to be more of like there's a lot of I feel like there could have been more women in this film. Yeah, and I think if it's like a nosy nosy like Edie McClurg mm-hmm. neighbor, oh, like oh, would have loved Edie McClurg in this. Oh, dear. And we like see her pop in early in the film when like they're telling the kids, and I think yeah, because just having it be my favorite Martian, <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't make any it just. You know what might have worked? So, Dave, I don't know. First of all, this could be a nationwide thing that I was just unaware of because I was a kid. Mm. But when we were younger, I remember very clearly my mom getting invited to uh, a coffee clatch and also Bunko. Bunko! Bunko was a thing. Dana, did you guys have Bunko where you grew up? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't Pampered know what Bunko chef. is either. Well, the Pampered Chef was a whole different thing. But yeah. Bunko, it's, I think it's a card game. It's a dice game. Okay. It's a dice? Okay. It's a dice game. I remember very clearly that the women in the neighborhood would like go over to one family's home and right. play Bunko on a pretty regular basis. My mom did it for a few years. Didn't discuss it before or after. She had her Bunko era. Okay. It would it would make sense to me to have a neighbor where it's like oh every Tuesday is like book club, and so yes. like where the whole book club shows up and the kids have to like make excuses for where Jamie Lee Curtis is. That mm-hmm. to me makes so much more sense because then it's not like we're here to bust you kids and we're we're suspicious of you. It's just like we're here to see your mom. You're being weird because you're 14 and bad at lying. <laughs> like yes. now I'm suspicious. But yeah, to have him be almost like he was specifically out to get these kids seemed unrealistic and odd to me. Just didn't make any fucking yeah. sense. Yeah, that was, um, was weird. Yeah, I just didn't need him in there. Uh, Dave alluded to this moment earlier because this is a real turning point in the film. For most of the movie, Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Pollock are aggressively trying to convince the kids that divorce is not an option. No one is talking about divorce. We're getting a separation, but like we're going to work it out. No one is getting divorced. Then Ben Stein shows up Mm. and he delivers divorce papers. And Grover has his entire world shattered by this. Um, The freak out that he has it is after school special level back against the wall, sliding down while weeping, like hugging your yeah. knees and rocking back and forth type. Like he he's this is deep trauma for him. He I think in this moment also destroys his friends, probably very expensive. But for like 1996, for his friend Matt to have all of this video equipment that we can bring live feeds from one room to the all the just 
And it's not even like well done. No. He's just kind of gently He's pushing shoving. things down. It's just not like a huge it yeah. yeah, just he like He's shoves good. a chair. <laughs> he pushes a table a little bit. Like he just doesn't this yeah. is not it's like emotionally, he's doing the right stuff. Physically, I think he's just too weak to really destroy things like that. Yeah, but like he there, can't break anything. I don't think there's a part of me, and maybe this is a an, uh, an appropriate time to bring this up. But I was just like, this is some fucking white kid shit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this whole movie is white kid shit, Dana. Like mm. the entire fucking movie is just like I wish I would trick my parents and then nail put nails in the door jam. That alone damage the house in any way. That is such like a I wish you would. That is I wish you would. Ha ha hell. (laughs) I get one of those too. (laughs) Like, no, this is not this this is this is and not even just white. This is like a waspy family thing. Yes. Because I've I've got I've got ethnic white friends. My Polish friends, they're not getting away with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My mom's wait, you know, second get, generation you Irish getting, American. You are getting not... divorced? This is no there is no there's no divorce. I, I, I grew up with a there was a girl I knew in uh-huh. high school um whose last name was Jerosenko, which now I realize oh she was Ukrainian. I just thought she was Polish too, because a lot mm-hmm. of Polish kids in Naperville. Mm-hmm. I met her mom once, I'm like yeah, her mom is making like borscht at eight in the morning or whatever. Like this is not we're not pulling this off. Traditional like, recipe take nineteen hours. We can start early. You have to boil cabbage first. Like it's it's very much that. I'm just, it's very the Kate McKinnon oh. character, like the old Russian lady. Like it's yes. very that from Weekend Update. But also, like there was a t- there was a time when I didn't have terrible twos. I was like a terrible like four and five year old. Just. Mm. Feel testing testing the boundaries. Yeah. Throwing things at the electrified fence. See what's gonna happen. Two ain't shit. Three is problem. Two mm-hmm. is whatever. I was really bad for like four or five. I was like a little too smart to be fucking okay. around. Precocious. Um <laughs> and I think there was there was like one time I like me and my mom had like a bad or she didn't get me something I wanted from the store or something happened. And I like right we're bringing stuff into the house. I run into the house and I'm so mad at her. That I close the door and then deadbolt it. And it's oh, you better quick... not, Dana. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. My mom was so bad because oh. it was just me in the house. No one else was home. Oh my god. And as I think, as I did it, I was like, "Oh no, you done fucked up." Like I knew I did. So my mom loves to tell the story, but at one point she's like, just telling me like she's really mad, but then gets really calm and it's just like Dana. I'm going to need you to open this door. Like, I'm going to need you to let me in. And I was just like, no, if I unlock it, you're going to kill me. <laughs> well, not going to kill you. I don't kill the people I love, but I am going to be mad. That's just reality. That's just So reality. that was me at like four, realizing wow. pretty quickly what a dumb mistake. Um, at 14, locking my parents in a basement? Absolutely mm, not. You know, Absolutely not. I, I say every probably six to nine months, I go back and rewatch all of uh, Super Nanny because the show, <laughs> it, it is it is it is among the most. I loved it as a kid because I'm like, oh, these kids are fucking bad. I watch it and I'm like, oh, these are fucking bad parents <laughs> in every episode. There's an episode yeah. where the mom routinely gets locked out of her own house like it happens a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a shot of her like begging and pleading with her. The kid's probably like five or six to unlock the door and let her back in. And there's like neighbors walking by judging her and shit. Super Nanny Joe is giving like Jim Halpern looks to the camera like, you see this stupid shit? Like, mm-hmm. oh my like, God. She's over here like crying, trying to get the kid to open the door. The kid's laughing, like throwing shit at the window. <laughs> like, oh, I I would never. I could never yeah. as a kid. Yeah. But it, that, that's these kids. No, I was yeah. trying to I was trying to think back. How did I, I think I reacted better than this? I, I was older though when yeah. when I got when I when, when I actually got a phone call. Well, how saying, old were you hey, though? Because he's 14. I was 19. I was oh, okay. Older. Oh, okay. So I, I, was, was, okay. I was technically okay. an adult. Yeah. But uh different. Still very imma- no, freshman college, you fucking yeah. immature. Still. I knew you back then, yeah. yeah. Confirm. And, and and I hear about that and, and I'm watching this. I'm like, five year difference. Did I freak out at all? I was like, no. Drank a bunch of beer that night. <laughs> went, know, to, I... went, went, went to Barnes and Noble, and for some reason we studied there for some reason. Oh. Very oh. sad. Very this was a weird re- this this reaction was lame. I think they kind of just let him react like, show us how you feel. Yeah. Ugh, let it all out. That's how and it, it felt. Looked, it looks terrible. Yeah. Terrible. yeah. It just it didn't. And I mean, especially because like it it's it's a surprise that the divorce papers are here. You've known for at least a couple days your parents are getting separated. And your best mm-hmm. friend has been like nah man they're gonna get divorced <laughs> like that's what's yeah. coming next mm-hmm. and you you're this i i don't know i i can't i can't give my own impression because my parents are still married and like routinely play tag running around their house and shit like they're an adorable <laughs> couple it's <laughs> gross sweet. so like i never experienced anything like this but this kid i mean he he because he completely had like a an emotional breakdown it's it's very much in like music videos where people have to be like upset and sad and they just like beat the wall like I'm, i feel like there's like a music video i could like almost see in my brain that i was just like it's that it's not good it's is that blink, is it that blink one eight two on where they blow up a house and i, I think that song's about to yeah what's that, um, that what's my call it song here's your holiday <laughs> You never oh. thought it could it could be alone. I don't know. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's music videos about stuff I can't even. Yeah. Well, and I it, the one that I always go to is that scene from um Wet Hot American Summer where Coop is trying to learn how to do the dance and like can't Into get it. The fire. And keeps on, it might like, be that. It might be that that I'm turn around. Around. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I like, just can't do it. <laughs> like that's that's how this felt. It felt bad. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. very parody of like a montage learning something, and you just yes, it's very yeah. yes, that is what it is giving. It's this is meant the, to be the, a, yeah, the first twenty seconds of a training montage is what we're getting yes. here. Um, now I'll, I should say like not a lot happens in the middle part of this movie. The beginning, the parents get locked down there. The middle is just kind of the parents trying to convince the kids that they're better and then yep. shooter mcgavin blowing it for them over and over again yeah. um there's a part where shooter and his wife he just like belittles her in front of everybody yeah and it's it's uncomfortable and it's the kind of yeah. thing that 
as a kid, I don't think would resonate with me the same way that it does now. Because I'm imagining, like, I've I've been around married couples where there's that moment where it's like, oh, this is like a real fight, though. Like, this is not, like, I, I, I've got a, a number of married friends who, like, bickering is a, a centerpiece of their marriage. It's never serious. They never, like, you know, scream at each other and want to, like, get into a real fight. But, like, nitpicking is their love language. It's weird to me, but I have friends that are like that. There's a moment mm-hmm. that happens every once in a while with those couples where it's like, oh, you got this is this is a real one, though. Like, we should get yeah. into space here. We, <laughs> this is this is crossed over from, like, how we always are to, like, oh, you're saying things that you can't take back later on. So mm-hmm. Shooter McGavin and his wife have one of those moments. Everyone is kind of like, hey, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? So then he's like ostracized from the group. And his whole plan is to try to tunnel out of here Shawshank Redemption style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Was that a crowbar that he was using something to like chip away at the concrete? It was part of a picture frame that had a, a frame John Lennon or Paul McCartney poster in it. I was just like, oh. it's not strong enough. <laughs> it's to not going to work. Because these kids, we forgot to mention, as part of their plan to lock their parents in the basement, nailed the window shut and encased, because it's they're in a basement, so the, the yeah. windows have like a little poured cement in the whole entire... Yes. I was like, that is so fucked up, and mm. you're ruining, like, you're ruining your own house. The property value has plummeted now. Matter of fact, <laughs> Um, as somebody who has finished a basement, we are, our basement was not finished. We bought the house. We finished the basement. One of the things about having, um, a bedroom in a finished basement, you're required to have an egress window. If there's a bedroom down there for like fire escape reasons and shit. So now not only have you created a fire hazard for this house, it's now unsellable. The, the County will condemn this house now because of what you've done. Yeah, but, I, had a, I had a running list of crimes. I'm like, oh, those are those oh, code violations. There's a lot of violations here now. What yes. the fuck's going on here? Code violations to get started. <laughs> so essentially, Shooter McGavin gets a piece of a picture frame and mm-hmm. chisels a full tunnel through solid concrete to get out of this basement. With um like, uh like I don't know what you, what you call that tool. Is it like a something you would dig a, in a garden with, and you, they just no, stab no, concrete? For no, long it's enough. it's as Dana points out, it's a broken piece of a picture frame. But then no Kevin way. Pollock does get right. in on he's it, and I can't too. figure out what he's using. I'm not sure what he's hitting it with. Regardless, they they the way that they do this tunnel is nonsense mm-hmm. because yes. we never see them where it's like, oh, we're halfway through, we have to climb in here and keep on digging. They are standing in the basement the entire time chiseling through. And then they've not only broken through the concrete, they have like an elbow macaroni shaped tunnel to yeah, like yeah. it slopes up yes. as it goes up to climb out. I'm like, how the fuck did you pull that off? They mm. put a big enough hole in the ground above to get through. And so while Sean's like, well, who's going to be small through there? And it's like, well, you're going to go up there, Wallace, Sean. It's inconceivable that I'd go up there. They shove him through there. And the way that they show this, my notes just say Wallace, Sean, we've broken in half. His upper body is (laughs) The angle is wrong. And it's (laughs) back ain't supposed to bend that way. No, we see him. He's up like his head and shoulders are out the hole into the backyard. um, But he gets stuck. 
and his legs are straight going into this tunnel. So his body bends 90 degrees at the waist, essentially. And they're like trying to shove him up more. I'm like, oh, you've killed Wallace Shawn. I'm not, not, not going to make a it. problem. I, I think he's got it. <laughs> Damn. I think he's got it. I don't, I don't know what you're worried about. He's laying think... flat and his upper body is straight vertical. Isn't he the uh, slinky dog in Toy Story? So it's he just is. that. He's yeah. just channeling Slinky Dog. You know, it, it's giving that episode of Futurama where Bender bends the professor's back to like make him straight and <gasps> then bends it more. Ooh. So he's, he's a full yeah. 90 degrees. That's a great yeah, one. It just, it just seems fucking awful. Um, so Wallace Shawn is up there stuck in the hole. Um, the kids come and put a wheelbarrow partially over him, basically. They don't like lay it down on the ground they like prop it up against the wall so he's partially blocked by this wheelbarrow (laughs) the nosy neighbor is trespassing on property again and finds wallace sean under the wheelbarrow so he calls the cops so many fucking cops show up here this is not that we see the two cops that were called the first time where they're like yeah man nothing is going on everything's fine then when he calls them again, they show up with like a SWAT team. They basically shut the whole fucking block down. Um, the cops are yelling, like, drop your weapons and come out with your hands up. And I'm like, who fucking told you they're armed? <laughs> like, these kids are not dangerous. It Nowadays, like, in the moment, I would have been like, whoa, this is a police overreaction. Nowadays, you're like, that's, that's, that sounds about right. We, we, get, we get them tanks. We, they use yeah. them, so. So nowadays, someone's getting tased 100%. Yes, tased if you're lucky. They might go full, what was that, move in Philadelphia, drop a bomb on the fucking place? That was like in the 80s, yes. It was like 83, 85. They would do it again now. This is pre-Columbine, right? This is pre-Columbine. We we, we still thought there was still a presumption of innocence of kids. And then Mm -hmm. after that. No more. When when it was a similar situation between an adult and a kid, you're going to get the same SWAT team response no matter what. So I mean, yeah. They're going to come in guns fucking blazing. Yeah. Um. So we see Grover, the, the kids are in the house kind of debating what should we do. Eventually, Grover, like, makes himself spokesman for the group, comes out, announces our parents are locked in the basement, blah, 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 whatever. They We we see Stacy. This was it. I did Junior laugh at this when Stacy, like, puts her hands on the cop car to get frisked or whatever. Like spreads, <laughs> yeah, them. spreads them. And the cop was like, stop like what are you doing <laughs> but yeah so they get arrested uh grover runs down the list of crimes dave what uh what what crimes are on your list that these kids could have committed uh what was it there was kidnapping oh um, yeah i forgot what the uh, i forgot the other one was. it was like uh, mayhem i think was one of them like unlawful <laughs> imprisonment yeah, false imprisonment be. was for sure false in there and kidnapping. Yeah, that's what it's called um kidnapping. Yeah. they might have gotten child endangerment like that if yeah. not they they no, did no. endanger children no. so wait i'll guess I'll, I'll let us finish the crimes but i had a thought about are there more crimes are there any things <laughs> well because there's also the thing of like all these kids bring their parents to grover's home mm-hmm. and then stay there they do you know what i'm doing now. back fucking to my out. fucking house Bye. Thank yeah. you for the prison brace, uh, basement prison. Right. I'm leaving. I'll, I'll home. back on them in a couple of days. I got a root beer yeah. waiting at my house right now. I am risky businessing around my house. I am home aloneing. Of course. I'm, out. They're like, oh, I'm living alone. 
Oh, I'm living alone. All all he wanted was a cheese pizza to himself. Yeah, it's true. It is all he wanted was a cheese pizza all for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to be like, oh, let's hang out. No, I'm out. Bye. Especially, I mean, especially like TJ can drive. TJ can drive a car. Yeah. If I'm TJ, I'm at my house just blasting Megadeth all day. Yeah. I'm going to party at my place. No, you nerds aren't invited. Right. Get my parents when they're acting right. See you if later. my parent dies, let me know. Otherwise, I'm fine. Even then, um, <laughs> tell me afterward. Um, so in the end of the movie, we kind of see the parents and kind of, you know, once they get out, how they're reacting. So we have Wallace Sean and his wife. They seem just fine because they were fine before being trapped in the basement. Like there is no tension between these two. He is corny as shit, and she seems to love all of his corny jokes. Like when they come out, I did laugh a little bit because all the adults that come out come out as though they've been trapped in a cave for nine months. They're walking out, looking oh, around, like it's so oh bright. My God, oh. it's nature out here. <laughs> just, is that a tree? Whoa. They oh they they gosh. come out like they're shell shocked. They've been there for two days. Man. Um. That- Shooter McGavin still mean as fuck to his wife. He learned nothing. Yeah. He's still like berating her outside. And then Jennifer Tilly, her whole thing was like, oh, she tries to come my dates and tries to act cool. She's just gonna bang all the firefighters now, I suppose. They tried to do like a makeover of her because she did kind of dress like a 15-year-old girl because a little bit. A little bit. She's 22. They, like, yeah, she's not old. So no, I'm doing the thing here. they put her in though. I was yeah, like, she's older why did than you? 22. <laughs> why did you put her in like a evening cocktail get like i thought you were yeah. gonna give her age appropriate maybe not totally jamie lee curtis clothes but you you didn't give her your makeover didn't help her like be out in the world on an everyday basis and not again not dressing like baby doll dresses or whatever and i was just kind of like this is so it's it's dumb oh but it the thing dumb. with about about Wallace Shawn and his wife is now the kids call her mom. Yes. Oh yeah, that was a big. So yes. That was yeah. That was a big. I'm always I, giving standing ovations, especially in bed. Like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, that joke oh, was. Oh. I was like, ha ha ha. Oh. Yeah, no, those those two what? didn't need to be down there. No, those two didn't no, they were just fine. They were just fine. They were totally fine. fine. The oh. kids just maybe did or did not like their stepmom. Um. Oh, there's something I was gonna. Now I can't remember. Oh, my brain today is just uh, all sorts I, of shitty. I, I'll, I'll I'll toss in what I was gonna say, and we'll see if that jars your memory at all. So, I did look up the age difference between these two. They're twenty or twenty-one years apart. Jennifer Tilly and Jennifer Love Hewitt. So, like, conceivably, yes, like this could certainly be her mom. If that's the case. Jennifer Love Hewitt is 14 in this movie. Yeah, she's 34 and dressing and acting kind of like a 34-year-old woman in the mid-90s. And then, like, yeah. they they do this. I think they're having, like, a fashion show is why she's in the evening gown. Because it's also where Mrs. Shooter McGavin puts on, I, I guess, a negligee, essentially. What would you well, call that? Like, a sheer... She just puts- she puts the robe on. Oh, so this yeah. is, I think there's just like a lot of things happening in this movie. And I think this is my thought. It either needed to be mostly with the parents or mostly with the kids. Yes. I think trying to be, do both. We miss, they actually don't really do much to develop the kids stuff at all. If I'm being no. honest, like the parents are actually the more interesting part. And I think it's because they have 
more substantial actors in those roles. <laughs> they're good but actors. Yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> there's like moments where they're like going through Jamie Lee Curtis's clothes and she tears up a piece of cloth and wraps it around her waist like a sarong. And I'm like, uh-huh. did something happen to your clothes? Like there's just there's like stuff that we're like missing. Why and then it's a point- wardrobe in the basement. Yeah, she did. She had a full closet <laughs> down weird. there. So I just didn't understand. Yeah. And then at some point, the parents get drunk off an old bottle of, is it Dom? It's, I don't know what it Dom. is. Dom. They, they get, they, what is it? Um, Not stored. Seven properly. adults. It would be flat and disgusting. But the, yeah. Seven adult people get blackout drunk from one bottle of champagne. That's Correct. already been a bottle of champagne. Yeah, they pour yeah. a bunch of it and the kids all spit it out everywhere because, you know, and champagne Ooh, is even champagne. gross. It's not even gross. I love you. No, you know, that was like Malort sour sugar. apple, yeah. sour apple cider. You're like, yeah. nah, it's, it's not it's great. It's but... fine. Yeah. But they, they react as though it's poison. And I'm like, well, okay. But yeah. yeah, I, you know, Jennifer Tilly putting on like the sequin evening gown because we don't really see everyone else dress up, dress up. I mean, no. yes, Mrs. Shooter McGavin wears a, a, a sheer robe with fuzz on it for a lot of the rest of the movie and but over yeah. her regular clothes over i thought regular clothes. yeah yeah so yeah. Just... not not a substitution and then yeah um jamie lee curtis just wears a tablecloth around her waist as is wrong so yeah. it's really just a way for us to get jennifer tilly in a ball gown more than anything else yeah um, pretty much pretty yeah much. and that's where the movie ends is like yep we got arrested for all these serious felonies but we're minors so it doesn't fucking matter and i'm like no man like some of this shit, they'd probably still press charges for you're 14, you're not eight. Like, you well, did the not. parents decide, or like the state would I be think like, the state would decide that we're doing it? Okay, well, I think the state, they, yeah. they, they suggested it was, um, the, the, it was Shooter McGavin who went in there and fought in there. Oh, that's them. right. But the charges either reduced or dropped in their entirety after they spent a day in jail. But, um, yeah, do you remember the part with the, uh, the laundry shoot? I sure do. That was lucky for them yeah. that, that that existed, even though they completely failed in utilizing it. But uh, yeah, well, and lucky for them that fun. lucky for Jamie Lee Curtis that Jennifer Tilly pushed that tiny trampoline under that her just in time. Was, that part was also kind of bonkers, but it also kind of set broken both legs. It kind of set the little fun part of the evening when everyone started loosening up a little bit uh-huh. in motion. They were just sort of laughing like, oh, shit, I could have died. Could died. <laughs> She fell down two stories onto what was about to be a concrete floor. She could have died. But they went to, and then they went to Hawaii, and that's like, we're celebrating, not in jail. Bye. Okay. Good movie. This this movie is, it is (laughs) paper fucking thin. This movie is thin. Um, But one of the things we like doing on this pod is taking a look at a minor character to see if this movie was sort of big things at the peak of their whole career. So it's time for an IMDb deep dive. Uh, you guessed it. I am diving on Mookie, Arizona, who played Woo! Matt. Um, so Mookie has two total credits. This was his second one. His first was as Arnold in Camp Nowhere. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which was Arnold. Was he the best friend? The the best, not the black friend, but the other best friend of the main character? I think, I think he would have been because Andrew yeah. Keegan was the only other dude, right? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. So So he's. He basically played the best friend in two movies, like two years apart. And that was literally it. The IMDb information on him is as follows. Quote, little is known about the actor's identity. Mookie, Arizona is a stage name. Yeah, no shit, IMDb. 
Like, oh, he wasn't born Mookie, okay. Arizona. That's not his Christian name. Um, yeah, he's done an article on him. Look it up. I, I did some digging around. I found nothing about this guy other than he was born in 1980. That's all I found. Um, It's like he showed up, appeared in two movies, and then just fucking vanished from the face of the earth. Um, we've seen his entire film catalog. <laughs> we've seen every movie he's been in, all of it. his shit. We are completionists. We are some Mookie Arizona completionists. But yeah, just I, 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 there was nobody else that was that interesting. And I'm just like, two credits, two credits, and not like one of them was in an episode of like Give Me a Break or whatever. Like two feature films. Yeah, yeah, and and just that was it acted a couple times and was like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. So um, this probably was the peak of his whole career. I think he did more in this movie than he did in Camp Nowhere. What do you think? It it has to be. This is it. It's this either this or Camp thing. Nowhere. I think this is yeah. bigger than that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this it's is one of the two. Bigger. Yeah. So this yeah. Is it. Good job, yeah, That's That's the short, short little uh, deep dive this week. But that does bring us to the end of this episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to nuts and superlatives. Um, again, they didn't give us anything for these kids. I could do them on the parents a lot easier, but that doesn't really make sense. So, um, bear with me here. So Brooke is most likely have to remind her mom to act appropriately at her bachelorette party. I think that her mom would be the, you know, let's, let's get too drunk and put penises and everything type mother-in-law. Uh, yeah. TJ is most likely to get into a fist fight with his dad on Thanksgiving after his dad insults his mom's turkey. Matt yep. is most likely to panic over something that might happen several months down the road. Um, we didn't really, I mean, we didn't really explain. He's he's legitimately panicked that his dad's gonna get divorced for no fucking reason. There's no nothing would suggest this, and he's like, No, I need to save them from themselves. And then Grover is most likely to say, I don't get it. Just lock the president and the speaker of the house in a room and don't let them leave until they work out a deal. Mm. I don't know how many times. I've heard Chuck raggedy ass Todd suggest that as though it is a real way to handle politics. It happens yeah, just, every time with him. You just just put him in a room. Just lock him in a room. I just just say you can't come out till you fix it. Eh, problems on Chuck Todd. There's like, an angel. There's a. an old Angel Fire website for Mookie Arizona. <gasps> is there? This is What's on there? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Mookie's birthday is in October. In addition to his growing acting career, growing Arizona is a straight A student at the is. the Say Francais School in Los Angeles. Oh my this god, this is amazing! They put Where his school the, out there. Where in the world is Mookie Arizona? Where in the world is, <laughs> is Mookie, Arizona? Mookie Arizona? It works. Acapella. It, works. it does work. It did work. Oh, it's my new, brother! It's my new version. Yeah. All right. This next movie is Dana's pick, and we are jumping into our. Halloween spooktacular. So, Dana, what are we gonna watch next? So, I feel like there's always movies. I'm like, oh, we should, I should remember it for this the spooktacular, and because I feel like we only do horror and scary movies during the month of October. We did sleep wake up. Oh, that's. Right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, never forget. The less, is, the less that's said about that one, <laughs> the better. Um. So, of course, I couldn't remember any of those, but as I was scrolling through. I think Max trying to find something. I thought of a film that it is somewhat spooky. It is silly. It had a popular critically acclaimed TV show based on it 
very formative TV show to oh, my life. Oh, I'm thinking of where this is going. We are. It's also a little tribute to someone who recently has passed. So we are yep. going to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hell yeah, we are. The, yeah. yeah. The the original. Um, the original, yeah. Not not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Who is? No. Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Christy yeah. Christy Swanson. Yeah. Luke Perry. Yeah. Right, right wing uh, ideologue, Christy Swanson, but not back then she wasn't. Yeah. yeah. She was also in Higher Learning. No, not Higher oh. Learning. We haven't done that one yet. Uh, no. The program. She was in the program. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's the yeah. tennis player. She was the, with the dark hair in the program, not not yep. blonde Buffy. Yeah. Who oh, dates oh. 47-year-old Craig Schaefer. With the gray face. Yep. <laughs> gray face Craig Schaefer. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to pick the one that I was going to pick, but oh. save for another week. Yeah, we'll find that also vampire-related? <laughs> not vampire-related, but okay. freaky. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but... Wait, yeah, the one I've always thought about doing, and you know, there's obviously still time, so I'll just say it now. Maybe it will come up later. The Jim Carrey, uh, the Jim Carrey oh, what, vampire movie. Bitten? Yes. Okay. I love that. Movie. I've never seen it, but I remember the box art from when I worked at uh, at Game Crazy and Hollywood Video. It was on Comedy Central all the time. But we will start with Buffy, and one day we will get to Once Bitten. I fucking love that movie. There was a little section that we had at Hollywood for um like famous actors in their first role. Um so once Bitten was there, and so was uh Going Overboard, which was Adam Sandler's first movie. There was um I think CB4 was there, Chris Rock's first movie. But there was a whole bag section heads. of like bagheads. Yeah. Bagheads. God, see uh are they are there I love that. CB4? I, I think they're too that. old. They start out as teens, I think. For, they for might. Damn, MC right? Gusto. If if you've not heard the I'm Black, y'all, it is, I play it on Juneteenth, and I'm I play black. it I'm black. the first I'm day of Black History. Black. Black. Yeah, that's good. I'm bliggity black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black. <laughs> like, I just, it's so fucking great. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So that does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RecappingGownPod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And join our Facebook group, the Recapping Gown Fan Club. We'll keep the discussion going in there all week. I think I have a couple of things to, uh, a couple of videos to link to in there. If you guys have any opinions or memories of this movie, we'd love for you to jump in and let us know what you think. But if you didn't like what you heard, to quote TJ, you're a skinny, ugly little wussy. Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.